Ladies and gentlemen, this picture contains scenes which under no circumstance should be viewed by anyone with a heart condition or anyone who is easily upset. Hey, welcome back to Caustic Content, the podcast where two lifelong dear friends torture each other by trying to find the absolute worst thing streaming on the internet. And joining me today, as always, Adam Myros is here. Hey, Steve. We're continuing our, our parade of guests to launch the new feed. That's right. This, this is big time, baby. Big time. And uh, yeah, our guest today, the one and only uh, video artist, internet man extraordinaire, he may have gotten banned from your local forum for talking shit. Uh, Colin Tanner's here. Hello, hello. How are you guys doing today? I'm so excited to be on the show because, you know, a lot of podcasts that are just out there just talking about whatever bullshit's going on in the world. Right here, we've got two very important films that they're basically mirrors to society. Yeah. That's, just, that's something I just came up with. <laughs> we we live in a society i've learned that from from podcasting especially now like i i didn't realize that as much until i watched these two movies and this is kind of a this is a landmark episode for us uh, because i think this is the first time we're doing a movie from 2020 right uh are we doing two movies from 2020 no one's from 2018 one, yeah oh, okay from uh, the, well that's that We'll we'll leave it. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that surprise to the end, buddy. All right, Maros, you want to run down the rules real quick for new listeners and for Colin too, because I don't think he knows the fucking rules of this whole thing. We just told him to come on a podcast. He doesn't know what's going on. I can do that. Uh, we when we pick these, we're only allowed to use what the streaming service provides us. So we're not allowed to uh, do any external research. If it doesn't provide a trailer, then we're fucked. Uh, just a simple description, simple Amazon reviews, simple. Uh, Maybe they were kind enough to give us a trailer. Otherwise, uh, you can't use it. Uh, we try to stay away from found footage films because they are uh, all the same movie, essentially. And uh, that would get pretty dull right quickly. Uh, we also use what we call the Godfrey Ho Clause, which is to say uh, you can only use one director or a single. You can use a director one time only. Uh, no duplicates for directors because uh, filmmakers like Godfrey Ho are very prolific. Uh, they would put, uh, we could we could put 50 episodes with Godfrey Ho, and, and that would, again, redundant, boring, no one wants to hear it. Yeah, uh, that's going to have to, we'll have to save that for our, our new podcast, The Ho-Cast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we just have, last but not least, the, this can't be anything either of us have seen previously. These are, these are fresh to us, they're fresh to you, the listener, presumably, because no one on earth has seen any of these movies. That That's essentially the case, so, yeah. Yeah, hopefully. If you have, I'm sorry. I, you know, it's not supposed to work this way. I'm Ooh. just gonna say we're gonna be very high on the SEO for both of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you Google them, it'll be just people talking shit. Well, that is that is uh, the key to to this format, Colin. Is that we have we have been contacted by two separate filmmakers uh, who we've covered on this podcast out of the blue. Uh, you know, and this is not a podcast that has a tremendous audience. It's just. Uh, yeah, they search their their names and we come up for, for no. Yeah, we reason. we come in their their Google search results for the week because they set up a keyword search for their name. But yeah, <laughs> I like the idea that they still don't have Google alerts. Like they don't even know what that is yet. So every night they're just going home and like, hey, before I go to sleep, they just type in my name right here. What? Optimism <laughs> vaccine. 
Let me tell you, buddy, you haven't lived until a uh, a film director sends you a random Facebook message that's like, hey, shithead, I want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, though, because it, I mean, the first time it happened, we were very, very harsh on, on the movie. It was like a vampire movie that was uh, it was very artsy, fartsy. It was kind of like a Jean Roland film, but filmed in the early 2000s by someone with three dollars. And oh, no. the guy was actually really nice. Like we interviewed him and he was, he was super chill about everything. And then uh, we, we took a shit on a couple of Stephen Grew movies and Mr. Grew was not as happy. But uh, we, <laughs> we mended that fence, got an interview out of him. So uh, yeah, just, just some things you can look for in the archives. <laughs> the initial guy is Chris Alexander. You can actually hear our interview with him way back in our Cracker Jacked versus The Remedy episode. He's a really fascinating <laughs> guy. He was like the editor for fangoria for many years what yeah yeah, yeah. Right? It, was, it was really surprising and interesting when he reached out to us <laughs> yeah and totally not a dick yeah he's a nice yeah, guy in great spirits he's like yeah i made this movie for myself and i figured most people <laughs> would hate the hell out of it it's like yeah okay it's fair enough See, that's that, that's actually always a better sign it's the people and i think we're gonna be talking about that today where they uh they didn't make that i mean they made it for themselves but there's this underlying messiah complex where it's like i'm really gonna show them how it gets done around here <laughs> like, oh. you think you've seen a movie <laughs> wait till you see this ongoing theme uh colin and, and all our listeners out there I, I suggest you go through the archives because there's a, a consistent theme of the old messiah complex running running thick through <laughs> this podcast <laughs> oh my god it's been prophesied it, it has been prophesized it has been Benjamin Netanyahu is is oh. looking at us and and he's willing the the good lord to give us these films. That's that's what I have to say. All right. So <laughs> we'll get to we'll get to Benjamin Netanyahu later. Uh anyways, let's let's jump into our first movie here. We're going to start with Myros's pick if that's okay with the both of you. So Myros, mm. your choice for this week was a little movie from 2020 called Confessions of a Producer, directed by Mr. Jim Lewis, written by Jim Lewis and some other guy, and starring at least one real actress, which is crazy. Uh, but before we start talking about it, I we like to, you know, try and get just, just a general overview, because a lot of these movies, they're, they're not so great, and they can be a little confusing. So, Myros, what is Confessions of a Producer? Oh, it's a vanity <laughs> project is, is what it is. That's that's for damn sure. Uh, let me use the IMDb description because it's pretty fucking nonsensical. Uh, producer afflicted with a debilitating curse can only be cured by the reporter who despises him. The story is a modern day Beauty and the Beast or When Harry Met Sally watching the X-Files in jail. It's neither of those, to be yeah, fair. Sure. I, I saw that description earlier, and I just didn't know what the fuck it was talking about <laughs> when it said Beauty and the Beast and, and X-Files and shit, where it's well, like... Well, there's a cursed Harry guy, I guess. That's you know, the, the titular beast. Uh, I, other than that, I guess I, I, I struggle. When Harry met Sally, it's two people who don't like each other and then seem to like each other at the end. So I guess that tracks, maybe? Sure is a movie. <laughs> what was that? What was that really awful screamo band, The Used? Mm -hmm. What was it? Uh, was it? Was it The Used? Uh, the Used is an awful screamo band, yes. 
Okay, so I remember I was at a concert once and I didn't know who the fuck they were and somebody was like trying to describe to me their music <laughs> and it felt a lot like the back of the box for this movie <laughs> where they're just angling and by the before they took the stage I was convinced that they were going to come out and sound like the Ramones. Mm. <laughs> like someone, oh no, they're like the Ramones and that's what this fucking movie is where it's like, oh, you know, it's like Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Oscar winning Beauty and the Beast and when Harry met Sally and many other movies that are normal Dude. and real movies. It's all about well, that SEO, baby. That's, I mean. <laughs> are you kidding me? You see, the key the key to this description is is that when Harry met Sally, apparently the film is, is what's doing the watching, but the, when Harry met Sally is watching the X-Files in jail because that's, that's what's happening here. <laughs> yeah, that's two people so sitting in a room occasionally watching an episode of a television show. That's, that's what they do. That's what they do. Well, I want you guys to kind of get into the, what I like to call the Jim Lewis mindset. All right? Mm. So just kind of close your eyes, clear your heads, and get ready for this. Because, you know, he says, I'm going to call my movie Confessions of a Producer. So how do we do this? So he, he sits down. He says, all right, here's, here's how we're starting it. It's about a producer. Where, where do producers produce? Well, uh, Jim, they, uh, they usually produce in, in Hollywood. That's right. They produce in Hollywood. So I want this opening song to just be fucking the Hollywood side <laughs> everywhere. Just Los Angeles. <laughs> I, want, I want the fucking Santa Monica Pier. Give me the whole fucking experience. Give it all to me. Give it all to me. Uh, okay, Jim, all right, so we have, we have these shots. What, what, do you, what do you... It's a fucking montage. I need goddamn music. Give me the music. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you want? I want... I love L.A. Give me, I love L. We can't afford that. Your budget is, is $14 and a stick of bubble gum. I don't give a fuck. You give me the equivalent. All right, all right. So then, then we get this song, which is essentially, Los Angeles is a city where people live. Movies happen here. It's Hollywood. This is where movies happen and producers live. Yeah, that's the shit. I fucking love this. And that's kind of the introduction we have to Confessions of a Producer. Is that, is that about on par, would you say? It's not, uh, it does not take place in California. <laughs> nope, and that's the best part. It takes place in fucking Florida, which they are explicit about immediately. We get this I whole like establishing Hollywood nonsense. And then it's, okay, yeah. So it takes place in, in a Florida jail. And, yes. and then you're like, well, is he just in jail in Florida? Is this going to be? No, 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 no. He has put himself in jail. He lives in jail. And he produces films in Florida. This is a 100% fucking Florida movie. What and he, he grew up in Southern California, but he moved to Florida to pursue his dream of the film. That's where industry. the money is. You know, they, they these orange groves and tax holes and oh, Marco Rubio, that little motherfucker. He loves my films. Like, come on. I know we got to talk about it sooner or later, but the... Okay, I'm not. I'm not exaggerating. I, I watched the movies in a different order. You know, I watched um, uh, the other film first, right? Mm -hmm. Within three minutes of this movie starting up, I just wanted them to shut the fuck up. Like, I just wanted both <laughs> people to shut the fuck up. And I'm not even like exaggerating. Like, oh yeah, it's such a bad movie. But it was just like, well, hello, well, goodbye, wink. It's like that's not clever. <laughs> that's not chemistry. <laughs> that's just. Saying the opposite of what someone just said, you know, it's it's the weirdest, most infuriating, most infantilizing bullshit I have ever seen. It is not romance, but from like, 
oh my god from the moment this movie starts it is they're trying to make you want to see these two people fuck and the entire <laughs> time the entire time i just kept thinking like they can't even be born to like the same generation oh like no. they're so different no i yeah that's the thing is like the movie is pushing us to want them to fuck and all same as you the last the last thing on my on my mind is them fucking it was just i i just want them to hate each other and continue to hate each other because they're both trash and i can't stand them so yeah I, do you know how old she is by the way i actually i googled this afterwards because i was worried about her like i was worried that there was something happening here because it seems <laughs> she's gotta be really like, sketchy I, I, she's one of those people she looks like she's probably like in her early to mid 30s but i'm guessing she's probably in her early to mid 40s is that about right? Wow. Yeah. No, she was 41. There yeah. we go. Bingo. Got it. I would say uh, how old is Steve Barrett, but he's kind of a mystery man. Lord knows. <laughs> he's, he's a mystery man. <laughs> Let's check his tombstone. She looks like uh, like low rent Scarlett Johansson, basically, is kind of what she's going for. Um, she is a real actress. She's been in real movies. She was in Walk the Line and a few other like actual productions like real fucking movies that people have heard of and it, and it, she's fine she's absolutely fine in this movie i don't want to make it seem like we're gonna pick on her right no no she's oh. she's not the one that we're picking on for sure okay and the, the problem that we run and there's only two people in the whole fucking movie so we got to pick on the other guy i suppose the problem here is i understand the jim lewis mindset in that you have a very limited budget and you have a high concept, but you've enclosed that high concept, literally enclosed it inside of a jail cell. So what he's trying to do is he's trying to make the most of the money that he has, which is smart. And this movie, in that sense, is a lot smarter than most of the things, 99% of the things that we watch, which are, I have an extremely high concept film idea that should be made for $100 million. I have $30, and I will make this high concept film. This is like... He's he's putting it in a confined space, which is smart. But the problem is he he's the Robert Rodriguez of his generation. <laughs> he only had access to a bus and a jail cell. He thinks he's making like my dinner with Andre or some shit, and it's not. Oh. It's, he's just he's giving me a fucking ulcer. Um, <laughs> so once once the movie is established that we are in fact just in Florida, the central premise that we are given is there's a woman who is a reporter who is doing a story on this producer who is in jail and she is interviewing him and she hates him from the jump, which we find out for reasons later, but mostly the reasons are she's kind of an asshole. Yeah. Do we find out (laughs) a little bit, a little bit? I mean, we find out, but it doesn't actually make sense or give her character any motivation, but Oh, kind of like why, why we're in jail or why anything happens in this fucking movie where it just is like everyone's pretending that it's a big secret and then you find out and it's just stupid nonsense. Yeah. It's like mystery box J.J. Abrams bullshit where everything is just it has to be hidden. If you know, you'll, leave, you'll stop watching. Like half the reason I picked this because I'm like, boy, it's going to get problematic. Like this is going to get this is going to get to some nasty fucking territory. And then it, so when they're talking about casting couch shit and why she hates it more than anyone else on earth i'm like well, here it comes it's like yeah. no no she he just didn't give her a job <laughs> it's like yeah Ooh. and he was kind of a dick about it yeah. hollywood producer doesn't give you a job and is kind of a dick i mean i don't know why she's just mad at this producer because that sounds like every producer you would encounter i would imagine <laughs> 
And and the best part is that she he doesn't remember that that exchange between the two of them. However, he knows for a fact that she hates him because she's never written anything nice about him. Mm-hmm. What a journalist, huh? Why why aren't you writing compliments to me? <laughs> yes. What? Exactly. Does so, everyone else do? What kind of metric is that for uh, how much a person likes you? That's the person that hates you most in the world is some random stranger on the internet. I. Well, yeah, it's I I, I love uh, opening up variety and just reading puff pieces on producers that are kind people. That that these stories don't exist. What what the fuck? And it, by his own admission, he's a dick, and then he's mad at her because she said he was a dick. And then yeah, on her end, she's mad because she knows he's a dick and he acted like a dick. And then that was somehow shocking and upsetting to her for some reason. But as we find out uh, through the course of this meeting, apparently he has a curse on him. So, uh, you know, they they went Beauty and the Beast. I was leaning more towards the Stephen King classic Thinner, personally. Um, By the way, this all sounds really dramatic that we're in a jail cell and there's a man with a curse on him. No, it is. It is. What were you saying earlier? Like a Disney sitcom. Everything is lit to the to the tens. Yeah, it's it's shot with all the the form and gravitas of like an episode of That's So Raven. It's it's not it's not a good looking movie. Again, to be fair, in the grand scheme of things that we watch for this particular podcast, there's editing. There's a lot of shot reverse shot, but at least they're doing that. Uh, things are in focus. The sound is mostly balanced. These are problems that we run into consistently. So it may sound like we're like, oh, wow, it's competent. But no, really, <laughs> oh, wow, it's competent. Like, this is, an, this is a movie. Congratulations. It's going to look a lot better than the interview is going to look. She brought a, a camera on a tripod, no microphone, mm-hmm. no lighting, Yep. No camera operator. And she went to a jail cell loan? Like, what the fuck did you think was going to look? And then she's like, oh, we need more light. You know, she just looks around. And you want to make sure that you sound like you really know what you're doing in Hollywood. So the producer's like, hey, refresh the camera. Change the white balance. And she goes, no, I'm just going to open this window. That's great. And what? And it's like the tiniest window. It's and like a, there's no, you could get no more light through that oh window. You no. probably got more light just covering that window. Also, why can you, why can you open windows in jail? I don't think that's <laughs> normal. But yeah, but this is funny too, because again, all these movies that we watch, a consistent problem is there's no white balance or, you know, compensating for your lighting conditions. So a general rule of thumb with movies that we watch for this podcast is don't open the fucking window. Fucking pull the shades down, please, for the love of God. We can't see what you're doing. But nope, not here. Oh. You think this uh, the person that wrote this script, it was just like, write what you know. And so he was just like reading the instruction manual for the camera. And he's like, ah, oh, fuck it. I, I know. That's a I movie. Know you, yeah, it's a movie. That's that's it. That's all we need. So we we come to find out that that she by she admits that she's just trying to write a, a piece about how he's a piece of shit and somehow he convinces her it's like no you got to get the real story and we're also going to play a game of chess because every metaphor in this movie has to be the most ham-fisted shit ever so just as our conversation is a chess match so too will be this actual chess match it's really deep shit, man. It's it's. If one of their conversation profound. was in any way a fucking chess match, it's 
It's just the most no, inane bullshit imaginable. Or yeah. is it? Maybe it's not, but it could be. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? I'm a reporter. And and so we we learn that uh, he's like, I've I've got a, a curse. It's my secret curse, and I'm going to tell you about it. You're going to listen to it. But first, in order to explain the curse, instead of just telling it to you and then making this a 10-minute movie, which would be much more pleasant to sit through, <laughs> I have decided that I will use my karaoke machine to show oh, you no. episodes I forgot about this. of no. my TV show that I have made, which is... A, a, it looks it looks like an episode of Cheaters, but it's like unsolved <laughs> mysteries, I guess. And I, I got a rescue nine one one vibe. Oh <laughs> yeah, rescue nine one one. There you go. And this is great too because there are three episodes that he shows her, and and we are we get to watch all of these pretty much all the way through. It's really great. I enjoyed this immensely. No, I did not. Uh but the first two do nothing. Like they don't, they don't show anything about him as a character. Show anything about her. like they don't reveal anything. They're ju- he's just like yeah, check check this out, check this out. The only one that matters is the third one, which gets into the details of the werewolf curse, which he now has uh, for reasons that are not really explained to us. But why why would you show us these other two episodes? What possible reason other than padding the time? Could you possibly have for showing these other two episodes? Is there a reason? Something about how lying is uh, is a dramatic choice or something. I, 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 I uh. yo that okay that entire thing where it turns out that there's a bullet hole in a window, but it turns out there's not really a bullet hole. It was somebody had a firecracker, but it's more interesting than the truth. And like, that's like life of pie bullshit. I don't know what you call that, <laughs> but they, uh, but, but the idea, I have to explain this. This is, I thought I was losing my fucking mind this morning watching this <laughs> because there's so many points where it's just them watching a TV show. That's like unsolved mysteries. <laughs> but the audio quality is like coming off the camera, right? So the audio quality is like really low. And also during this, we can hear the characters watching the TV show in the background also talking over it. So you have no idea what anyone is saying. And then I turned on the subtitles because I was having such difficulty like focusing on like because I thought these were plot details. <laughs> and it's just gibberish like, oh, look at him. He looks funny. Like, you're talking over the fucking plot of the movie. Like, there's so little plot. And they can't, they can't, this movie speaks fluent sarcasm. It just does not give a shit. It is, it is constantly just yammering on over other things and just, mm. So yeah, the first two monster stories, not related to anything whatsoever. Yeah, well, and, and this is, this is a good point too, because the, the whole, woman character her thing which i should probably get her actual name here uh, uh her character's name is uh clara claire grant claire grant right no that's the that, actress's no, that's name. the actress's name tara her, her tara character is her name. name is tara alluring what the fuck uh, oh because she's very alluring mm-hmm. uh yeah so her whole thing is i think we're supposed to feel bad for her because this guy was a dick and then we're i don't i don't fucking know She's completely insufferable. <laughs> like the whole time, she's she's like riffing on his, his TV show poorly, like not doing a good job. But then she just reeks of like 
I don't know. What are the what are those like fucking Twitter accounts that like you said, Kyle? It's just like you go to their profile. It's just like fluent in sarcasm. Hashtag still with her. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> It's I'm I'm not kidding. Like the entire time I'm trying to follow this this character, like because I'm trying to figure out who she is. She has no personality except for like just being sarcastic. And then as the movie goes on, and it's it doesn't take long. Like maybe the first twenty minutes, she is so infantilized. She is so baby talk. It is creepy. It just starts yeah. weeding me out. Yeah, her her whole drunk thing because she gets drunk later. That's the thing that happens. Uh in in this wonderful jail. Uh, she, yeah, she just turns into baby talk. She's just like, oh, baby wanted to cure the werewolf curse. Yes, daddy. It's creepy. It's not good. It's not good. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, this, this is a weird fucking movie. I, Colin's point is, is well taken. Like what, what was the, what was the choice to mic these people while you're playing this episode of television? <laughs> like, why the fuck are we getting this external audio that's just like mumbling nonsense? Like. What what's it supposed to do? I don't understand. I, am I supposed to think they're like ripping off fucking MST3K barbs? Because they're not. I mean, couldn't we just not put that audio in the film if 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 we were gonna let the people riff and we're like, oh, this didn't work, then just don't yeah. put it in the fucking edit. Like, why is it there? <laughs> this this takes us to uh, the the what I would say is the the real coup de gras here, the uh, the high point. Of this movie, and by high point, oh, the point where I was, oh, I was I can't. smash I can't. my fucking face through a plate glass <laughs> window. No, Jim Lewis asked no. himself, "Why don't we have a scene where our male lead, what the fuck is this, dresses what up like David Lee Roth, and our, our 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 female protagonist has never even heard of Van Halen before? Never heard no, of she him." She likes the three B's, baby. Brock, Brahms, I Beethoven. Don't, I, 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 Beethoven. <laughs> Which, who the fuck likes Brahms? Brahms fucking sucks. Uh, not very good. Not very good, no. So... She she acts like she's never even heard of Van Halen, which is impossible. What, do you live in a fucking <laughs> vacuum, you piece of shit? You're just lying. You've uh, heard of Brahms, but you haven't heard of Van Halen? Yeah, like, you you just, you, you have to, it's so, especially at her age, at some point you have you have stumbled across Van Halen. You cannot put yourself in a cultural vacuum and just, in, like, completely disassociate yourself. It's not possible. You're an insufferable prick if you say that. It's just not, it's not possible. So anyways, <laughs> what we are treated to is not him just, because he goes, he rambles off, he's like, oh yeah, David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar and blah, blah. And I thought he was just going to do this, like, shitty Tarantino-esque thing where he, like, talks about how cool Van Halen is and why she should, blah, 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 blah. No, I no, thought no, he no, was no. going to do American Psycho. I <laughs> thought he was getting the axe out, like, oh, you think you can write mean things about me, huh? Yeah, that, that was, that also crossed my mind at one point. Oh, no. Oh, no, we get something much worse. He fires up the karaoke machine, and we are treated as an audience to a full fucking performance of Just a Gigolo by David Lee Roth, which is not a Van Halen song for the record. <laughs> and he no, does this in no. full David Lee Roth costume. And when I say a full performance, I mean he does the whole fucking song. Even more than the whole fucking song, because there's a reprise where they duet the fucking song. They're like a, a, a verse and chorus of the song once again. I, mm -hmm. it, 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 it's more than the length of the, the fucking song, which is already an annoying as fuck song that no one ever wants to hear. 
especially not with this karaoke moron going like zipper de boober de boober de bop. Yeah, it was well over 10 minutes. It was well over 10 minutes of this man dressed like David Lee Roth for no reason. He also remains dressed as David Lee Roth for the remainder of the film. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's a little difficult to deal with, too. It's it's hard to take the guy seriously. Whew. If oh, you know boy. who Van Halen is, if you know who David Lee Roth is, and if you know, you know, the basics of Van Halen... That doesn't fucking help. And if you don't know Van Halen, that also doesn't fucking help. This scene, I don't know why it's here. This movie's already too long. It's mm -hmm. like 98 minutes. And there's this huge musical number, which, by the way, no new no lo locations. It's still the jail cell. They don't shoot from any different angles. It's just some sad old man <laughs> dancing around. And the part that really sucks is when we have to keep cutting back to Carol and she has to be acting like, oh, this is funny. This is cool. I'm having a good time. I'm enjoying myself. I like you more. Yeah, it's so romantic. By the end, she wants to fuck this guy. <laughs> and he's dancing to a David Lee Roth. And this is like, this movie came out in 2020. Mm -hmm. It's not like this is dated or anything. It's, just... it's painful. It's painful stuff. And and keep in mind what this what this guy is. Like, this guy is is rocking a hard dad bod. He's, he's like, pushing 60. He seems to have gotten a, a fresh set of veneers put in and... His hair just looks like a fucking menace. <laughs> it, it, this is not some like a uh, real Lothario here. I don't. I, <laughs> it's all stretching the fucking bounds of decency. He looks like he looks like if if Bruce Campbell got kidney disease and is just like retaining water, just just a bloated corpse of a man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here's what I don't understand. Why is the movie called? Wait, the movie is called uh, Confessions of a Producer, right? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yes. When I think about this character and who he is, the last fucking word I associate with him is producer. I'm like, oh, he's that guy that like hosts some weird sci-fi alien. I guarantee you this had a different like far out crazy title that was like, you know, story of alien strippers or something because the show he produces <laughs> and stars in and I think films also does all the interviews, but he's a producer. That's the official title. It's like. The most boring, basic shit. Yeah. And Confessions of a Florida man. <laughs> yeah, basically. And then it just comes back to him and he's dancing around like a fucking animal. <laughs> it's like, I don't know who this guy is. And they're saying, well, he's a producer. I'm like, that is not the title of a movie. I still don't know who he is. <laughs> you well, see, we, I, we, get, we get to the... Oh, go ahead, Byros. Oh, I was going to say, I, I, I think I, I can debunk your theory here, Colin, because this guy... Oh, no. This guy, Jim Lewis is in fact some uh, piece of shit nobody producer who's made such <laughs> smash hits as Skating's Next Star and The Great American Car War. So I'm guessing <laughs> this is totally a self-insert uh, nonsense thing. And he, he conceived it as exactly this title, except uh, he couldn't write a movie that supported the title in any fucking way for some reason. And <laughs> in addition to that... Uh, this is double dipping because he released this fucking encounters of the real unreal and beyond as three episodes of a TV show. It's fucking. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew it right away. I said, there's no way he spent all this time making all this stuff yeah. without being like, you know, this is this guy's serious. He's big time. He's Hollywood. He has three episodes under his belt. I don't you know. It, the sad 
the sad part is, is that we're going to sound repetitive. And I get that, that we're talking about like, the same things over and over again, because they start and stop so much shit over and over again. <laughs> There's a number of times where he just looks at her and goes, all right, I'll tell you. But first, let's watch <laughs> another episode of my show. And it's like, no. Which is the best no. when we get into the driving plot, because he's like, I got one hour before I'm permanently a wolf man. Let's uh, fire up another episode. <laughs> you know, that's the. I like the fact that they they had all this interesting stuff about him actually being a werewolf, and they decided to push that off. And in the meantime, just focus on just like just a slightly sarcastic conversation and dressing around, dancing with your dad bod. Cool. Well, thanks. He's, he's got to push his TV show. Uh, Mr. Lewis went through the trouble of producing a pilot that no one picked up, so we had to like Roger Corman this shit into his <laughs> new movie. By just injecting it directly in. And he's hoping that maybe someone will see that and be like, oh, wow, that actually is a good idea. I, I didn't I didn't conceive of your show as viable until I saw it in the shitty two-person indie jail drama. What? <laughs> oh, my God. There, it's such a vibrant format that's, that's fucking just what TV's looking for these days. A, a mystery show that looks straight out of 1990. <laughs> Now, if you want a, if you want a good idea for a TV show, they actually have one in the movie. It's when uh, I forget why they're arguing uh, or flirting or whatever, whatever stupid horse shit they're doing in this movie. And uh, at one point, they discuss the idea of a TV show where it would follow celebrities, but like the good celebrities and the charity work they do, and <laughs> that could be a TV show for thirteen episodes. That's my that's and my favorite part. <laughs> the title of the show is excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. So, you know, it's, that's the tagline of the show is excellent, which doesn't say anything. No, it's a tagline and the title, and it doesn't make any like when when he was talking about that, he's just like, yeah, we're on to something. This is gonna be. I'm gonna make some calls. This is gonna be a hit. I know a network that's gonna buy it. And I thought it was gonna be like this big joke or him pulling the wool over her eyes to get her to lift the curse and. And blah blah. No, it's it's one hundred percent fucking sincere. It's like this is the worst concept, name, tagline, and host combination I have ever fucking heard in my entire life. But the best part is that he can get on this TV network because this TV network only covers the good stuff. What is what? What does that mean? There's a TV network. He actually says to his friend, "Oh yeah, he he covers only positive stuff." It's like, what does that mean? There's positive cable network. Yeah. Holy shit. The Posse Network, man. Come on. Get with it. Get with the time. <laughs> so uh, so uh, let's move into the driving action here. Where, where uh, <laughs> Take us to Werewolf Town. He's got a Wolfman curse that he has surmised uh, somehow, despite the fact that he can't read anything uh, involved with this Werewolf curse, <laughs> that, that he must make the person who hates him the most like him. This is not really stated how he knows this or why he thinks this is the case. And in fact, it ends up not being the case at all. But uh, that's that's the way the plot rolls. So that's what's supposed to be happening here. And then uh, in actuality, he can just break the curse by burning a box full of tarot cards. Yeah, it's like the, the lament <laughs> configuration from Hellraiser, stuff full of tarot cards. And apparently this was given to him. By the uh, what, what did he say? Like it was, it was like, oh, this old gypsy woman <laughs> gave this to me. It's like, it was what a the gypsy fuck? who was the mother of the stripper in the first episode of the show we were shown. Oh, Jesus mm -hmm. Christ! Yeah, this is a lot, lot going on here. 
So yeah, and then and then she gives the box to him and the curse, and all he has to do is burn the box, and but he uh, has to use the reporter lady to figure out the cipher because he doesn't know what a cipher is. It's absolute fucking nonsense. Wait, let me get this right. This guy can't seem to figure out what's going on with him, and you know the the werewolf shit. Uh, yet he hosts a television show <laughs> that deals with the paranormal. Yeah, his whole thing is figuring this shit out, and he can't figure this shit out. And in fact, he has done an episode on this exact werewolf uh, situation. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's great stuff. It's high quality, man. You could not be more. And the fact that he actually, not only did he make it, like, not only is he thinking about the concept of the werewolf, he actually has a fully produced episode that he can play for someone, and he's sitting there and watching it, and at no point does it all come together for him. It's so great. He's the biggest dumbass. So am I misremembering this? Because I think that the werewolf incident is the second episode of the show that they air in this movie. And the third episode, when he is saying, boy, I'm almost out of time. My life is flashing before my eyes. And then he fires up the episode that's about a rocket train. <laughs> Wait, what was that even about? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> it was not pertinent. That's for sure. <laughs> no, not not relevant, not relevant to anything. Although, as we get towards the end of this film, thank the fucking lord, and he gets a little more wolf manny. He like he pulls up his David Lee Roth pants and he shows off his hairy leg. And at one point, he walks over, I think, to get the Lebeck configuration puzzle box, whatever. And they they shoot his like this is one of the few times the camera angle angle changes. By the way. They do this like low shot of his of his leg and and the back of him like the his heel, and I think it's yeah. to show that like oh look he's Wolfman and but it shows the seam and like the black sock <laughs> that he's wearing underneath his his like Wolfman costume or whatever, and so but it's very deliberate and because this movie doesn't it, like it only uses like three camera angles the entire time it's it's shot like a sitcom mostly. And so when it changes to this, it's jarring. You're like, oh, I'm supposed to pay attention. So you look and you see the seam and you see his sock and you're like, oh, <laughs> I bet he's bullshitting and he's not a werewolf because they had been talking about like, oh, lying makes things more interesting. You're like, oh, the twist is going to be he's not a werewolf and he's just trying to bang this chick or whatever. No, he's still a werewolf. It was just a, a fucking gaffe that was not supposed to happen. Yeah, there is no twist in this movie wow. whatsoever. There, There's none. It's no, no, no. There are many twists. There's so many fucking twists to the point where nothing is a twist anymore. I'm like, no. I'm not shitting you. Where every other sentence, it's them being like, no, not actually, actually, yeah, yeah, not actually, actually, yeah, wink, <laughs> we're dating. Like none of it fucking matters at no. all. And can we just say how how uncomfortable did you guys find this whole foot thing? Because, uh, man, it, it was, I was squirming by seeing I'm like, what the fuck is going on with this? Like, this needs to stop. Every time they kept circling back to the feed, I just kept going, oh, no. <laughs> I was I was thinking we are going to get a toe-sucking scene. I'm actually disappointed. If, so if we would have gotten a toe-sucking scene, I would have declared this the greatest film of all time. But. <laughs> I feel like Claire Grant was like, no, we're, we're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's not her contract. I mean, so the weird fucking thing about this is that she read the, the cipher or whatever the fuck and said, oh, you know, you got to kiss my feet and that's the only way I'll make it better. And then it's later revealed that actually, no, that was never written there because as we've already explained, you said to burn the book. Uh, and instead, <laughs> we just have this gratuitous scene <laughs> where they talk about feet oh, for like 15 geez. minutes for no reason. 
Yeah. For no reason. It's quality stuff. Just really making me squirm. <laughs> By the way, I have no way. I have no other way of bringing this up. But there was one line that made me so angry in this movie because he's explaining how he came up with this brilliant idea for this TV show about like you know uh, science fiction and and the and the paranormal. And he said, "What if I could produce a show that was even cheaper than the reruns, mate?" Nothing cheaper than reruns. How much is your show? How, what do you mean? You you're telling me that you you uh you cost less than like I don't know the odd couple at three o'clock in the morning at like some UHF. Like, all right, we'll give you a shot. Here's your budget of one hundred twenty five dollars. Yeah, I, I've seen the over the air channels that play like a, a three hour block of Good Times at nine o'clock at night, and I got to tell you, I think that's a little bit cheaper than what we're watching here. That's oh god! I, I don't Do you know, remember man. that show on G Four X Play where the set was literally just like three TVs and two people standing around and like a dolly shot, and that mm-hmm. was it. Yeah, they had to cancel that show because it was just cheaper to play cops. <laughs> <laughs> like you're telling me, this guy is doing what the fuck is he? Does he? I don't think he actually. Um, I don't think we even explained that he's living in the jail cell voluntarily. It just occurred to me. Yeah, because he doesn't want to wolfman people. No, yeah, but no, because it gets worse the more people he encounters. I don't think we explained it. There's like everything has like <laughs> a seven layer system working for it. How does that work? Uh, isn't oh. it, I thought it was still a moon thing. <laughs> it's kind of a moon thing. It's sense. kind of a moon thing, but also the more people he encounters, the more like wolfy he gets in, in How correlation. How do you figure that out? There's an algorithm of some sort. I don't <laughs> I don't understand. Was he just? He's just on the sidewalk. He's just walking. People walk past, and he's looking at us like get a little hairier. He's like, "Ah, I figured it out. Time to go to jail." What? <laughs> Couldn't he just stay in his fucking house? Oh, wait! Magic is real here in this universe. In this fucking movie, magic is real. Like, wouldn't he it's run into fewer people at his house if he instructed people not to enter his house than he would at a fucking jail? <laughs> Uh, you're thinking about it too. Much. This is this is a real love story, man. It's just a, a bimbo and a himbo just getting together, working through some shit, and then driving off into the sunset, listening to Van Halen. Except they don't no. listen to Van Halen because they couldn't get the license for the music, so they drive off into the sunset. She says, "Yeah, let's listen to Van Halen," and then the guy goes, "Better, let's listen to my band." And then they just played some no. like local oh. bar butt rock band that they yeah, had the his license cover band, to. 1984. <laughs> It's stuff. the worst. And it's not a cover of a Van Halen song, even. It's a cover of some guy making a generic song called Road Trip Rock that's meant to sound like a Van Halen <laughs> song and is uh, like free use. Oh. Mm. Chef's Kiss. I forgot that's what it was called because they say it like 5,000. There's no lyrics in the song. It's like, and we're back to the chorus, and we're back to the chorus. I was just like, that's a really shitty like B-side from a Van Halen record or something like where that they, they got the rights to cover, which cannot be particularly expensive. So they didn't even go so far as that, though. I'm like, oh, this, no, is, can't this isn't even that. This is, this is quality stuff. Quality stuff. But so... That's just it, is that there's so many fucking rules to everything. Everything has so many rules. Like, oh, no, he's turning into a werewolf because he has a box that he needs to burn and he needs to kiss this woman's feet because she hates him the most because she never wrote anything nice about him because when he was a producer and she auditioned, he said, "Mm, I don't think so. (laughs) What? 
<laughs> like it's like everything it's so desperate to make sense that none of it does it is just it is and it's supposed to be romantic too and my god just chill to the bone like no don't touch each other <laughs> like i didn't yeah it's it's not only it's not only not romantic at all but it's it's you see these two people next to each other and you're actively rooting for them to never come within three feet of each other it's just like please please maintain six feet of distance but now, I want to make it very clear. She's a beautiful woman. She really is. Like I, I think that uh, she could have been like totally uh, a movie star. Good looks, sure, anything. He looks like uh, a man that died from smoking too much, who was <laughs> left out in the sun for three days. He looks deep fried as hell and just gross. Yeah. And his his scary eyes. <laughs> it's the teeth, man. The veneers are just like fucking unsettling. Yeah. <laughs> he's got the he's got the Joe Biden teeth, man. <laughs> Have you seen the poster for this movie? If not, Google it because it looks like a horror movie. She is, she is like, she's kind of giggling to herself, and there's just like this psycho that's like in behind prison bars, and and the tagline was, I think, uh, men play the game, but women keep the score. And I have no idea what the fuck that has to do with the movie we just watched because it's not about a game or a score. You ever hear of chess? <laughs> The greatest game of all? Oh, fuck. Oh, God, that whole chess thing. <laughs> he, I, I think on the cover, he actually looks like a maniacal Steven Dorff. Like, it, it's weird. <laughs> I don't, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. It's not inaccurate. All right, well, we, we, gotta, we gotta move on to our next movie here. We still got another movie to talk about. So before we do that, though, I, uh, I want to kind of introduce the movie with a, uh, a very traditional manner of, of uh, announcing something. So, gentlemen, if you'll allow me the indulgence... That's right. It's the sound of the shofar. Oh, <laughs> I was wondering. Praise him. Praise praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. Well, this is this is something. Um my movie that I chose for this episode is a little movie called The Trump Prophecy. <laughs> which is based on a book called The Trump <laughs> Prophecy. <laughs> which is based off of uh, chain mail. Yeah, which is based off the story of a firefighter who has PTSD and is working through some mental illness. And he's not going to take those pills. <laughs> <laughs> he hears a voice that tells him that Trump is going to be president. And then a, a woman who's gotten a lot of Botox and is married to a doctor starts a prayer chain mail call thing and then trump gets elected and they all blow into shofars which is a traditional jewish ram's horn used I mean. to like <laughs> celebrate passover I, it's because well, they're jewish right <laughs> yeah yeah they that's it they're jewish <laughs> why not no they're, they're zionist christians there's a big difference <laughs> you know i like okay i want to make this very very clear because i'm sure your audience is smart enough but i'm not i'm not just dogging on somebody for having faith for having religion. I'm not going to pick on anybody out there for just wanting to believe in something. This movie is not that. Okay. It is not. Oh, it is, is just up. gibberish. Just pure fucking gibberish that doesn't prove or disprove or validate anything that they say in the movie. Yeah. It's really about nothing except for like uh, Fallwell poison dripping into your ear about the nation of Israel. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. This is so uh, what we are making the argument here because the whole point of this podcast is Myros has a movie, I have a movie, and then our impartial uh, guest here is going to decide which is worse. And I will say right off the bat, uh, Confessions of a Producer sucks ass, but it's not like insidiously evil. It's not an evil Mm. movie. This movie is like genuinely fucking evil and profoundly stupid at the same time. It's just. It's like Triumph of the Will, but for QAnon Jews for Jesus, I guess. I don't... It's it's difficult. You know, with these Christian movies, because I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, a lot of fucking money in that stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they always have very good production values, very well shot. I think the actors are always universally fucking awful. I don't know what's up with that. I think... <laughs> That's the one market they can't seem to corner in these Christian movies. They're decent actors because everybody in this movie. James Wood, he's waiting for that phone call. He'll he'll do anything for Jesus. (laughs) I just get the feeling that they they walked in on the set of like a uh, AARP commercial, you know, for like nice 1030 uh, television. And they just took that that uh, that cast and said, hey, we can make this a movie. You know, yeah. it's like the the doctor who's always smiling and nodding and the old lady and the old man. It's just. Well, I, I want to give you guys I want to give you guys a little bit of context and background for this. So I'm sure this will help. This movie was a Liberty University production. All right. So the director is actually a film professor at Liberty University. Liberty University is a Christian college which is run by Jerry Falwell Jr. Uh, They were in the news recently because they made a bunch of international students stay in the dorms during the COVID pandemic, and uh, that was not kosher. And uh, they've been in the news before because of, uh, you know, various hateful things that their leaders have said, uh, various horrible policies that the college has. Also, Jerry Falwell Jr. allegedly... Uh, used to do boatloads of Coke and Molly and ran like a gay sex brothel in South Beach, Miami, allegedly. So that's pretty cool. Anyway, uh, the whole point of this is, I, I guess, to sort of historicize and, and, and rewrite and reconfigure history to make it seem like, you know, oh, you know, Trump's victory, it wasn't just a complete surprise We all hated him, but we knew, we knew that Jesus was behind him. And because of the power of prayer, we got Trump elected. And also this has something to do with dealing with your PTSD. I don't fucking know. You just got to drink a lot of water, filtered water. You don't want that fluoride shit. Yeah. Well, this is. (laughs) They they should have just called this movie. I'm not mad. That's what they should have called. It's like. You know, uh, I I wasn't a huge fan of Trump, but I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all. This is all very, I mean, Ted Cruz is one thing, but hey, whatever. Hey, you know, because if you think about it, if you think about it, Trump kind of, you know, PTSD and a firefighter and a kid with his face burnt off and shit like that. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) And, you know, when you see a ghost of yourself flying around, that's how you know it was meant to be. And this is, this is really like three movies in one, right? Because- Instead of a three-act movie, you get you get three one-act movies. So <laughs> act one, you have a firefighter who witnesses a child die at a fire, and he gets PTSD, and he retires uh, because he's all freaked out, and he can't fix his shit. 
And no, no we, you got to talk about the, the firefighting scenes, though. Oh, we'll, we'll when this get movie to it. We'll get to it. I just, okay, just okay. want to give the overview. I just want to give the overview. Okay. So that's oh, section one. God. Section two is we have started a prayer chain to get Trump elected. Because the PTSD <laughs> firefighter says it's a good idea. And he walked into his doctor's office and handed his doctor's like fucking Trump prophecy manifesto. The doctor was like, yeah, this is the good shit. And then act three is not a movie. All of these characters are gone. And we just have like a 700 club, like talking heads segment pseudo documentary about how Trump kicks ass and Israel rules. What? <laughs> That, that was the part where I was like, I don't think I need to stick around for all of this because <laughs> it is like it, it says it's like an hour and 58 minutes, but it's really like, you know, 80. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's 80. Then they cut to some weird music montage of like people holding up pictures of dead veterans. And then we turn yeah, and then blowing in their shofars. <laughs> Dude, fucking shofar montage rocks. Because that's the other part, too, is like this This is how we get the link from the prayer chain to the Trump election is they're like, OK, so everybody get your Jewish your Jewish ram horn. And when Trump gets elected, we're going to blow our horns and we're also going to blow our horns to help him get elected because this is what we need to do. And everyone's like, yeah, then you get all these scenes of like people going to the doctor's office because the woman who's organizing the prayer chain is the wife of the doctor and they're just going there and they're like, oh, you need an appointment? No, I need my shofar. Give me my fucking ram horn. <laughs> and they were treated to this montage. I mean, do you remember hearing anything about this fucking shofar business when Trump got no, elected? I no, don't fucking this I, is Nope. Who are we kidding? Horse the, shit. This the, is <laughs> Okay, so the shofar thing. Let's let's get that out of the way. This is a big conservative, especially like Christian Zionist thing. And it's been around for decades, decades, okay? Like to show solidarity with Israel or like flex on the infidels. They have, like Jerry Falwell Sr. used to be a big fan of this shit. And if you go back into televangelists, they're all big fans of this shit. But basically the shofar thing has been around forever. But the movie sort of like sets up the scenario where they're the first ones to think of it and they made the shofar a thing no you did not make the shofar a thing assholes like you have been doing this for decades and that's why it wasn't a news story because you're all a bunch of fucking clowns and no one gives a shit right and they all they they, they had no role in shaping the election because they would never <laughs> under any circumstance vote for a democratic candidate no matter what so these people yeah, are like, so what what's different what's different so this is basically confirmation bias the movie yeah <laughs> it's just like well wait a minute how come after i heard about this then i started noticing it everywhere it's like i didn't notice it before i knew what it was <laughs> i i wish this was a different movie frankly i kept waiting for like pepe to fucking reach out in his dreams or something. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been nice i would have liked that yeah so Let's let's kind of go through the the fireman part because oh no wow. you, you can't start this movie off without talking about the fire oh boy because yeah. when the movie starts <laughs> it's literally just on fire like not <laughs> before the fire even starts there's no music nope. there's no narration it's just credits and CG fire and it is just like it, it's this am I supposed to be thinking about something. <laughs> Before the fire starts, there is there is one piece of narration, which is just uh, mumbling from the prophecy about how 
as uh, as Benjamin Netanyahu is unto Israel, so shall he be unto us, or something. And then the fire. Yeah, it's. But did you know you know how the fire started? Yes, uh, freebasing. Freebasing, man. <laughs> yeah, as one does. So I just love that if you. It's she's just freebasing, <laughs> falls over, it immediately bursts into flames, and these kids just look like they're having the time of their life, just run out of the room. And it's just I just love the idea of the kids being like, Yeah, we got her. <laughs> just like running out. Because I don't care. I don't care what they say. She could not have lived. She was next to the flame. That was its origin. Did she and the rest of the- I thought it was just the daughter. No. They, no, just the daughter, because yeah. the, the son dies, and that's what causes the PTSD. And the wife, the mom is never shown. She's never shown again. Like, we see her freebasing and then pass out, and then we never see her again. So we assume that she's just disintegrated into a pile of ash, Sure, I guess. sure. I can't imagine why these uh, these children failed to get out of the fire. They, they immediately saw the fire start and fled the, the house. How exactly were they trapped? <laughs> out. Trapped. Trapped. A true story, buddy. True story. So this is like uh, my. I love the fact that they have to cut to the uh, the firehouse and the people, you know, getting into the truck and, and driving down there. But the thing is that you know it would require a budget to like juxtapose a flaming house with like fire trucks screaming down the tree or down the street. So instead, they just have like the fire truck just kind of going down the street at a reasonable pace and then it juxtaposes with the guy who runs the firehouse just walking around <laughs> and picking up a bible and looking at it and it's just, you could not make it less interesting like well let's make sure he's elderly too we want to make sure the scene is not interesting <laughs> like, oh man i we got to get into this taylor fellow because i i, I oh just... he kicks ass let's talk about mark taylor so uh, the Trump Prophecy is based on the book The Trump Prophecy, which is by Mark Taylor. And the movie is, of course, about Mark Taylor, who is the fireman who gets PTSD and writes The Trump Prophecy. And this guy is fucking maximum grifter. OK, so I've, I've watched interviews with him because I, I had to find out more about the man. And his Internet presence is predominantly on YouTube. And wouldn't you know it? He's made more prophecies since then including, (gasps) you ready? Uh, He said that in 2018, there would be a, quote, red tsunami, which would flip Congress and maintain the Senate and allow Trump to enact his will upon the American people. (laughs) Did not happen. (laughs) He also said that Trump's, like, first thing that he was going to do was, uh, like, uh, get rid of Roe v. Wade. I don't think that's going to happen. Doesn't seem like it's on the docket. His last prediction, which... You know, we're going to have to wait till November, but he said that Trump is definitely going to get a second term. So hell yeah, we'll see how that goes. And then he also predicted that Trump would bring us to uh, a level of unprecedented wealth and prosperity in America. Wouldn't you know it? Unemployment and evictions are at an all time high and everyone wants to fucking die if they're not already dying. (laughs) I just want to talk about his Twitter handle, which is at Patton 6966. (laughs) It's because he's a fucking Trump boomer, man. He's got to have just like a name and then like a bunch of random numbers after it. Fucking not just any name. The greatest general in this goddamn country's history. (laughs) That's right. Real man's man. Yeah, I I, I kind of want to talk about his portrayal in the film as well, because he's just this, like, oh. pale weenie with a nice suburban house. And uh, the, the thing is, though, 
he is uh he's a government employee right and his wife yeah. is also a government employee they seem to be living a great life uh well Got a i mean boat. i mean financially they, they seem to be in great financial shape and this whole movie is predicated on the fact that he wants to leave his job and oh boy he has his 20 years in and he has four months of vacation and i'm like god damn these are all things that sound like uh, the greatest luxury in human history. And and he's a fucking right wing jackass who wants to burn the government down. If I were his ass, I'd be like, well, let's pray to the goddamn government because they're taking care of my family in a way that no other family in America is taking care of. <laughs> this movie also has quite a few parallels to the Kirk Cameron joint Fireproof which if you're not familiar with it, it's about a, uh, tell me if this sounds familiar, a fireman who is stressed out at work because being a firefighter is fucking hard. Yeah. And uh, he has a weird obsession with boats, which this movie also has. <laughs> sure. This movie loves its boat. And the only difference is, is in the movie, Kirk Cameron, when, you know, he's stressed out, he turns to yelling at his wife and then jacking off on the internet. <laughs> and the whole purpose of the movie is to sell a book like a real book in real life about how you shouldn't jack off on the internet you should be nicer to your wife and this this movie on the other hand it's like well he's not jacking off on the internet but he heard voices in his head because he has ptsd and then wrote a, a book and now we're selling that book so just buy the book so it just kind of takes out the middleman immediately and just and just goes straight into just extreme propaganda. So this is following a through line like Fireproof is a giant promotional video for the whole Fireproof Christian relationship system, which has made millions of dollars. And this is the same thing. It's just to sell this guy's book and I guess sell weird QAnon theories and make weird Zionist Christians feel super validated in their decisions. Oh, hold on, hold on. I just want to make sure we're, we're we're all on the same page, though. Like, I believe the Trump the Trump prophecy. Like, they, like this movie made me a believer, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I can't be alone on this. I mean, look, the movie sucks. We're gonna make fun of it, but I don't want anyone anyone listening to assume that we don't we're not all hundred percent behind this guy. Oh yeah, totally. With this God's plan, uh, you know, I'm I just like Mark Taylor, who's on YouTube now. I am also waiting for the next QAnon breadcrumb to drop so that I can find yeah. ways to just sort of reverse engineer my thoughts so that they fit a pre-chosen narrative that I've created in my head. I I'm yeah. way into this shit, way into Where it. Where one Love goes, it. we all go, you know? Yeah. Uh. I'm just thinking like, you know, JFK Jr., <laughs> he's got to have a pretty funny sense of humor, right? Because think about this. You could do anything and you decide to fake your death. <laughs> yep. Classic. Classic. <laughs> you know, he's got a little bit Brilliant. of his in him. Why didn't I think of that? I know. I know. Uh, I mean, it, wait, and it's one of those things where I remember, um, I think I was younger at the time. And uh, the, the plane, you know, was tragic and all the people dead. And I just thought like, yeah, man, this is going to turn out to be good. You know? Yeah. This is probably going to shake out in our favor. Sure. I you mean, know? he's just a Kennedy. Uh, who likes George Magazine anyway? Not me. That's what I said. <laughs> Faked it. Totally I'm fake just it. a Kennedy and everything is he. <laughs> Flashbacks oh. now. Yeah. I. Uh, this guy, though. I, it, 
yeah, talk talk more about this man, please. So no, I'm just I, I'm just dwelling on this profound self delusion of this Republican individual who's got a, a job that any uh, anyone in our generation would uh, kill for with these benefits, the motherfucker. And uh, I don't know what what happens with this PS, PTSD. He just fucking like sits at a lazy boy all goddamn day, and then. Uh, <clears throat> I, I suppose we're supposed to be seeing him as undergoing some great fucking turmoil because he, he oh. is up at 4.30 a.m. I'm like, well, that's me every well, fucking day in this goddamn <laughs> well, wait, Can we go back to the fire? Because, like, I don't understand what happened. Because the, the everything was on fire and CG fire and it looked like shit and there were lots of clothes burning. By the way, weirdly long shot of just clothes burning and then cutting away from that shot and then returning to that shot. And you think something big's going to happen. And no, some guy just moves the clothes out of the way and goes, eh, cleared. <laughs> I, was like, what did you do? I, was, I thought I was like watching the sacrifice, but for clothes. Hey All right. Uh, <laughs> so this is, uh, yeah, he's just like being physically assaulted by demons and shit. But I, again, what is the, it's so weird the way they portray all of this. Cause again, did the child like, die standing up though. Why? What happened? When did he see that kid like that? Uh, I don't know. I guess we didn't see him in the open, like full on. We didn't <laughs> see the kid. Maybe he was all burned up and maybe yeah, the crispy. demons were there too. I don't fucking know. I don't oh, know. we forgot to film the catalyst. Ah, shit. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's it's just it's just so insane to me the way that this is all portrayed because he's his wife is still working. He's retired with a, a wonderful pension that, that none of us will ever see. Uh, and it's just it's just insane. Like if he's having this crazed sleeping problem and that his wife <laughs> comes in the next seat and wakes him up, it's like, <laughs> honey, it's 10 a.m. It's like, what? You fucking saw he was up at 5 a.m. Why the hell are you bothering to wake him the fuck up? Let the man sleep, for God's sake. No wonder he's having problems. He has fucking PTSD. What do you do? He's a fucking fireman. What are you doing? Well, this this ace actor, too. Holy shit. Uh, he's a real gem because we're supposed to believe that he was like a happy-go-lucky great fireman before. And then he gets PTSD. And then through the power of hearing God's voice and writing a stupid-ass book... He suddenly like transforms into a healthy, excitable man again with emotions. But the whole time, he's just completely fucking vanilla. Hey, honey, <laughs> how you doing? Oh, great, honey. You look great today. Thanks. I feel good. Oh, no. PTSD. Honey, you don't look so good. Yeah, I don't feel good. And then, oh, I've, I, I've written a book. Oh, wow. This is special. Trump's gotten elected. Yeah, it's great. I feel good. You look good. What? What? <laughs> you know, my favorite part is where they, they tell him, you know, your voice has been deeper lately and more authoritative. And he's like, huh. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what? what I said, too, huh? <laughs> I think that, I the, that? The, the thread there is that demons are trying to steal his voice so that he cannot deliver the Trump prophecy. <laughs> yeah. Steal the voice so he can't deliver. Oh, but they can't steal his voice because he writes it down in his notebook and then retreated to a scene where they CGI blast the words from his notebooks onto his fucking like Microsoft Word screen and then he prints it out in size 72 font. It's oh, fucking brilliant. It just looks like, it looks like Ghost Rider. Yeah. <laughs> the time is all fucking nonsense in this part of the movie too because he's getting treatment from this uh, pastor, doctor, or whatever who then retires and refers him to another pastor doctor. And at that it's point, a lot after, of those floating around. after he meets white pastor doctor, uh, who is another huckster trying to sell you something about the keto or some shit. Um, mm -hmm. Then he 
he goes home and he's of course sitting in his lazy boy with a blanket on him because that's all he does the entire fucking movie. And then he just uh, <laughs> writes down like oh, Trump, but Netanyahu, blah blah blah. That's what he has the the great prophecy because he's watching a commercial where Trump is like, "Hey, there's money here." It's like, what? And then God says unto him that this is the voice of the future president. So he writes it down. He never takes it to the doctor. Take a note. He he sits on it for what uh, five years, three, four years, something like that. Three mm-hmm. years later, it says. So he, he then takes it into this new doctor who he's now been seeing for three years, according to the timeline the film's established. And the, he's he's shown no improvement at this point. No, nothing at all. No. He's still acting exactly the same. And uh, the doctor refers to him then as a new patient. And yes. Uh, maybe one scene later, he's like, well, time to drink my water. I'm feeling great. And it's like three years is supposed to have fucking passed since he started this treatment. <laughs> What is even happening? Yeah, but it's not a new patient. <laughs> Maybe what happened was that they met and then he said, okay, I'll see you later. And then he just started walking out and just kept walking for like three years. <laughs> and then eventually <laughs> was rescued. And, uh, you know, they probably just don't remember that first encounter because it was, it was three years ago. <laughs> so only we, the audience know it's a secret. Well, I, I want to talk a little bit about this Dr. Don Colbert character because he seemed to me at first to be like even by dumb Christian movie standards, like too fucking ridiculous to be real. And like Myro said, this is a this is a real man. So you might know Dr. Don Colbert because uh, he's a very classic, classic right wing grifter. So tell me if you've heard this one before, boys. Uh, he sells vitamin supplements on his website and these are just like holistic cures for all kinds of bullshit uh he has been smacked with an ftc violation because he was gaming google ad algorithms and paying people for ad placements to promote his bullshit and also he was sued by the state of california for mislabeling his vitamins hmm sound familiar (laughs) unbelievable yeah and he's uh, a, a pal of dr oz and loves going on 700 club and oan to talk about how if you eat fucking chicken breast and drink enough water, you can cure your AIDS or whatever he's saying, allegedly. Uh, so uh, this is, it's it's just nuts because this is the story of two grifters just grifting their way <laughs> through our lives. And we're supposed to take three. It as, oh, there's three. There's at least three grifters because the wife is a big grifter as well. Well, for... I, I love I love the wife's quote too because she the doctor's like here honey read this you've got an eye for it or something <laughs> like that yeah thank you you're the inane ramblings of a patient this isn't a violation of any established laws <laughs> so she says but it's it's amazing it's she she says she says it's the rhythm of the Holy Spirit is bearing witness to the truth <laughs> what no. Yo, okay, but the best part is when she comes in after reading it, she sits and goes, hey, this is good. What's good? What are you talking about? It's like, it, like you read that prophecy and whatever the, I like, I fucking forgot what it said already, even though they say it 400 times, but it's just like, Netanyahu. you know, Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, but it's just, it's like, you had to fucking name drop somebody in your first sentence. That's not a good prophecy. That's yeah. not a good sign. Like, like, oh, well, uh, he'll be like, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu. It's not like you yeah. said Abraham Lincoln either. The most people don't fucking yeah. like Benjamin Netanyahu. 
It's like, what, he's going to be some warmonger monstrosity to the American people? It's so good. Right. Oh, can we can we talk just for a second? Uh, can we go back from when he quits his job and, <laughs> and he's talking to that guy and very inappropriately, like th- the running theme for a while is just people going, huh, 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 interesting, interesting. Uh, but have you prayed on it? And then it just like zooms in on his face like, ah, shit, they got me. And if your boss is like, well, prayer is the most powerful tool. Like, oh, wow. like This is just like a right wing fantasy where HR doesn't exist. <laughs> you know, where people don't have to be like, hey, stop telling your employees to pray. It's not very helpful. <laughs> I like how his best yeah, friend dude. at work, too, is like, boy, it's my oldest daughter's birthday. I have four girls. And he's like, four <sighs> girls. I'm hearing this for the first time, even though we've worked side by side for a decade. That's too much for me. And also, he doesn't seem to give a shit. He doesn't give a shit at all. <laughs> but do you really see the fucking monster? He just establishes him as an aloof dickhead. Everyone's That's all an aloof dickhead. There's no point to this movie. You'd think that it would at least say something about Donald Trump or what he might do for the country. Every time they reference him, the characters are like, I don't really care for him. But it says here that this, this fucking mentally deluded... A person who right. won't take medication has scribbled on a piece of paper that he's going to be president. So that's important, apparently. No, it's it's so calculated because the whole idea is, of course, they wanted Donald Trump to be president. And even in the wacko fucking timeline that this movie has established, it's not like he didn't have this evangelical support from the beginning and was facing like a massive surge before this fucking book was published or whatever. But no. The idea that these people were like, oh, we weren't sure, but then we we all prayed on it and we knew. No, you fucking knew from the beginning. You just prayed to validate your <laughs> bullshit, and here you are, and you got exactly what you wanted. But this allows them to walk it back like, oh, yeah, you know, we recognize that he may not have displayed the most Christian of behaviors, but we knew that he's what God wanted. Fuck you. You want This is exactly what you wanted. If you want to know that these are very basic, normal conservatives, you just got to follow the other subplot that exists for some reason. Um, A boat, which needs to be cleaned up and sold over the course of several scenes that are not at all related to anything else in the movie. But there's a bumper sticker on there that says Reagan Bush 84. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The good stuff, baby. Yeah. You know. Love that. No. Feels good. I'm no fan of Trump. But yeah. but Reagan kicked ass. <laughs> yeah, fucking Ronald Reagan and his boy VP Daddy War Crimes. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> Again, just just fuck these people who are fucking sucking at the government teeth. And and this guy's Twitter is just full of like, you know, you need to look into Amazon. There's a lot more to that. It's like you fucking moron. You just voted for this party that's entirely dedicated <laughs> to supporting Amazon oh. and deconstructing the very place that provided your life. This is this is great, too, because, you know, he tweets shit like that. But if you listen to his YouTube show, which um, I may have, uh, he loves to talk about how this is one of his other prophecies is that Donald Trump will usher in an era where the mainstream media for all their sins against humanity will be completely dismantled. And the way that this will happen is Donald Trump will encourage millionaires and billionaires to buy up the mainstream media outlets and then change them for the better. And this is insane because one, oh my like God. you said, he, t- he, tweet- he tweets about how like, oh, Jeff Bezos, that guy. But also 
who do you, who the fuck do you think already owns all of these media outlets? Because it's not the every man. It's not like the the reporters' room is is collectively taking ownership of the Washington Post. These are already owned by millionaires and billionaires. You fucking clown! What? How? What? Why does why is this beneficial at all? That that's your solution, boy. The world would be a better place if billionaires owned more shit. I, I love saying that every day. Feels good. They care about me. People who shit in golden toilets really care about my well being. Fuck. Uh, it's insane, mind you. This is not the text of the film for the most part. So it's it might. It, oh yeah. Kind of it kind of affects how I judge it to an extent, but also. This movie is just kind of a dumb, dumb thing where demons fly at a guy through demon vision and uh, <laughs> he just constantly wakes up in bed and goes, Arr! and then disappears from the movie halfway through so that they can blow the shofar. Do you think it was, because uh, the, the thing about this movie, I actually wrote this down. <laughs> it was, we are 47 minutes into this movie and it's mostly some guy going to bed and grunting to himself. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's very <laughs> true. And it's literally just this movie where half of the movie is just a slow zoom into a, uh, his face while his eyes are closed going, arr, 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 arr. man, he had to smell bad. I felt so bad for his wife having to sleep in that bed when he's having all these goddamn panic dreams all the time. Why wouldn't she just sleep on the couch and be like, ah, you can have it. You know, she makes him sleep on one side for 17 hours. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I want to talk about before we wrap this up, I, I want to talk real quick about the third act or third <laughs> movie of this movie we'll call it the uh the stinger scene the the coda if you will <laughs> to this wonderful cinematic achievement where we just get a series of talking heads a real who's who of of just like shit goblins from like the world of neoconservatism uh we get people like michelle bachman who doesn't love a good michelle bachman am i right and um. She and these other people, they they keep rambling on about the same two things, which is one, Donald Trump kicks ass and was prophesized and chosen by God. Two, also don't forget that Benjamin Netanyahu and Israel kicks ass because that is somehow intrinsically tied to all of this horse shit that we have just watched. But every single thing that comes out of these people's mouths is psycho shit, absolute psycho shit. Not that I expect anything else, but like Michelle Bachman goes on in her monologue. She talks about how, you know... Donald Trump is all about helping other people and you can't help other people without great wealth. What? You can't help people without great. Okay, sure. Let's, let's fucking follow that. Noted billionaire, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Noted billionaire, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Thank you. Uh, and then Chris Mitchell shows up another uh, classic shithead from, from the right. And he gets into some re de real detailed shit. And this is good too, because all the fucking QAnon piggies who are just slurping this shit up at the fucking trough. They don't actually think about anything that's being said by these morons. They just listen and nod. So you get Chris Mitchell saying things about how, you know, Trump has done so much for the Kurds in Syria, which if you Google Trump, Kurds, Syria, I guarantee the first thing that's going to come up is like a thousand articles about how he abandoned them to die. So that's great. <laughs> and he talks about how, you know, he's, he's going to, you know, find peace with Tehran and people will be running out into the streets of Tehran to praise the name of Donald Trump. It's like, oh boy, so I guess that explains when he tightened sanctions and starved people to death that almost escalated uh, our, our relationship with Iran to fucking war when he like murdered someone back in January. So this is this is all great stuff, all really good. 
And of course, because this is QAnon psycho shit, who do we blame for all the problems in the world? You better believe they're calling out our boys in the deep state and those gosh darn globalists. Fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's some anti-socialist rhetoric in there, too, about how we need to have a strong military because uh, the socialist countries in Europe have have dismantled their military and who's going to protect them from the the enemies that are out there lurking. Yeah. It's like, oh, God forbid we should spend it on those social programs. I'm like, yeah, 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 we should. You fucking moron. Yeah. You know what? Why feed starving children when you know one of these days someone's going to come for Norway and who's going to be there to help? Them? <laughs> it's like, why would we have, why would we have these invisible fucking enemies? Probably because we made them, <laughs> you fucking idiots with our giant military dick that was swinging all over the fucking place. <laughs> great stuff it's really you know, great this you know this movie really is a conspiracy theory though because it has no idea what is valuable and what isn't in terms of information so it just gives us everything to the point where it's like so uh he had this one doctor right but then he retired so we got a different doctor like wait why why did that even need to be in there why was that why was that even important to even to like include this other doctor it's like every detail is heightened because they have no concept of what is important and can we talk for just a little bit about his wife because oh. she is my favorite character <laughs> my favorite scene is when he's been home for like i don't know three days and he falls asleep on the barca lounger watching tv and she comes home and runs in <laughs> and turns on the lights and grabs him and is like you can't keep living like this <laughs> and it's just like he fell asleep watching TV. That's not like, that's not a big deal, right? What would she, what would, what would her assessment of my life be? I don't think it would be that's very positive. I, mean. I know it's, it's so judgmental about the hours he keeps. I'm like, come on. Some of us are just wired that way. <laughs> you gotta understand. He was going down a dark path, taking naps, staying up late. God damn. That's the devil's time. That's the devil's time. At no point does she just sit down. And by the way, the, the, the entire scenario, I don't believe this movie was a, at all anything because it, let me get this right two 40 year olds without kids that are like hyper christian don't buy it number yeah. two <laughs> number two i you know they gave him pills yes <laughs> like he could just take the pills just take the pills <laughs> and he just keeps saying i'm not taking those pills and you would assume that he had a bad experience with the pills but no <laughs> He's just... I don't know. If you wanted to discredit this man's uh, alleged prophecy, then perhaps this would be the way to approach it. Saying, well, he's, <laughs> he's clearly got uh, diagnosed uh, physical and mental problems resulting from PTSD and has refused medication for years. So uh, uh, how could anything he rambles about be reliable? Which is entirely yeah. accurate. But this, this movie posits that as some noble choice or something. Also, keep in mind that his entire Trump prophecy came because he was like dozing off while watching the news on TV and Donald Trump was being interviewed. And then he heard the voice of God say, this man is going to be the next president. Is the voice of God the same voice as Sean fucking Hannity? Like, I'm sure he was just he was just watching the news. They just said that those are just words that came out of someone's fucking mouth. It's not God. It's a fucking talking head. No, they don't watch Fox there. They only watch the uh, Christian Broadcast Network, which, once again, I don't care how many decades goes on. Not a network. Not a network. Not a network. <laughs> Very no. much a TV block. There's a difference. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
the the other thing is we should pri- we should briefly touch on before we abandon this entirely, which we should probably do. We're running uh, we're having a long one here tonight, guys. <laughs> but yeah. uh, that airplane scene, I, I don't oh want to entirely God. let the airplane scene pass because it is like no. the most insane attempt at Huber I've ever seen. That is just like <laughs> fucking what the fuck is happening and who thought this was a joke and should be in the movie because it's hilarious. It's just what the fuck is even happening. I, so she gets into it's, it's this lady, right? Okay, it's prayer first chain of all, lady. She, prayer chain lady. She reads the she reads uh, the the Netanyahu, <laughs> and she and she looks like she has really bad heartburn. I love it when she's reading it and they show a reaction shot of her just being like, "Ooh!" <gasps> she's like with her hand like she can't she can't believe it. But there's nothing impressive about what that man wrote at all. <laughs> that, I mean, that's basically like just writing like. You know, in a few years, we're probably gonna have a different president. <gasps> yeah, a guy who already has uh, flirted with running for president might get elected next <laughs> next go round. It's like, oh my god, at least yeah. three times too, because yeah. two thousand eighty eight and two thousand eight, I think. because yeah. he, he's at least yeah. So this is not this would not be newsworthy. This is like <laughs> her reading Joe Biden will run for president. <gasps> what? <laughs> like, no, she's just he's. But I don't know about you, but sometimes when I need to like host a national prayer line, <laughs> it gets a little embarrassing and a little punk rock and everyone else might laugh, but I don't care because it's cool. <laughs> it's like delaying a plane from taking off and fucking shouting in a plane bathroom about Jesus. It's like, what? This is supposed to be like, what? Make me hate this person because that's what's happening. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and honestly, like, fuck cops and abolish the police, but also, like, an air marshal should have fucking capped her in the knee, because yeah. this is just, who's doing this? Come on. Jesus. All and, right. she's, and she's going hard, like, evildoers. <laughs> and still that one's like, okay, all right. Someone please escort her off. As a cap on this, I just want to say, you know, I'm raised Christian myself. I have no issue with, with Christians. These people are not Christians. Oh, this yeah. is some cabal no. of lunatic with a sinister fucking angle on everything. That it, It's just... These people don't believe shit. They just believe in capitalism and apparently Israel for some reason. Yeah. None of them have jobs. Yeah. None of them actually do real work. I joked earlier that this is triumph of the will for Christian Zionists, and it's not really that much of a joke. It's it's the fucking truth. That's what this is. It's it's just it's straight propaganda. And unlike Myros' film, which also sucks ass, this is pure evil and stupidity just being pumped into the veins of people that don't need this shit. This is why like fucking Pizzagate people go and like try to like fucking shoot up places. This is why QAnon psychos do crazy shit all the time. This is like this book and this guy are an important foundation to all the QAnon modern right-wing conspiracy nonsense. This is like a foundational text for that shit. So Mm -hmm. my final argument, because Colin, you're the, you're the decision maker here, is both of these movies are trash, okay? Myros's sucks ass, but it's a simple, high concept, bad execution indie film. It's harmless. Yeah. No one's yeah. going to watch it. No one's going to fucking be affected by it in any meaningful way. It just, it, it disappears from your brain. We always joke that you, for this podcast, you have to watch these movies no more than 48 hours in advance. Otherwise, you will forget everything that happens. And Myros' movie, Confessions of a Producer, is a great example of that. It's fully functional. It just sucks ass. This, on the other hand, from a formal standpoint, 
It's a mess. It's just this three acts of absolute disconnected nonsense. It, it, it's shit from front to end, but also it is genuinely fucking bad. This is brain poison. It's Jerry Falwell Jr. just ejecting the shit into our fucking cerebral cortex and shitting out our fucking brains. So that is why I have clearly chosen the worst movie here. So, Myros, please go ahead with your final arguments. Uh, my final argument is just that, uh, you know, I'm going to evaluate the films, not the people behind them. I, I don't care much about Mark Taylor or Jerry Falwell in regards to this particular discussion. Uh, one of these films is clearly a more entertaining enterprise to me, and, and that would be uh, the demonic assault on the, this, this poor fireman. I... <laughs> it, it is a mess the way it's structured, but if we are, and you can look at it either way. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pander, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but if you're looking at like, say the, the real 85 minutes of this film and excluding the fucking nonsense uh, B roll on the end of fucking talking heads yammering about Israel, this is kind of harmless on its face. I mean, if you look into it and you really consider it, there's a lot of nastiness around it that obviously we've been screaming about for the last half hour. But on its face, it, it's just a fucking dumb Christian movie. And uh, you can kind of ignore the rest. And it, it's it's a better made movie than Confessions of a Producer. Confessions of a Producer is a fucking disaster. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. But we're going to let uh, the Arbiter of Truth here, Colin, our esteemed guest, you get to make the final call. So what's wow. the worst movie, Colin? Well, okay, let me, look, real quick, because I, I think it's pretty obvious what I'm going to pick. Uh, so I want to talk about Confessions of a Producer real quick, which just means you already know who won. But the, <laughs> the point being, Confessions of a Producer, it's it's a binary movie. It's like everything is binary. Like everyone is yes or no or no or yes or yes or no. Like every bit of dialogue is confirming or not confirming or unconfirming. It's just one zero zero one one zero zero of the movie. And it is... It's shit. Like, it sucks, but it's so desperate to prove that there's a reason why shit's happening. You know what I mean? This is happening because I host this TV show, which exposed me to this curse, and you are somebody that writes about this. Like, they, there's too much explanation, right? Um, but at least we know the basic idea is that he needs to get the curse removed, right? Mm -hmm. The problem with <laughs> the Trump prophecy is there is no metric of success communicated to the audience and things just happen and then it just like montages and it's weird because the montages are nothing actually happens in the montages it's like one point the doctor looks and sees all these phone calls going off and goes and you gave out the office number and the woman's like <laughs> it's like what does that mean because <laughs> more people like i don't understand what any of this shit means like everyone just smiles and nods and then she calls up the guy and it's like hey do you want to host a, a prayer meeting and it's like i i guess I, you know and it, but none of it actually qualifies like the reason why um i have to give it to the trump obviously is because you're right it is evil it is absolutely evil because <laughs> these people didn't do anything and they felt so much pride in accomplishing nothing and the things that happened around them that had nothing to do with them that they decided they need to make a movie <laughs> about their experiences of doing nothing and just being a passive observer <laughs> It is the weird. It is the weirdest bit of entitlement I've ever seen. Where it's just like, instead of actually experiencing any of the events firsthand, <laughs> these people are just sitting there going, "Oh, yeah. Well, there's this <laughs> horn here. I guess we could blow. Cool. By the oh, way, we love the, the reason. Horn. 
The reason why that horn, the reason why no one talks about the, what is it called? The Shoah? What was it called again? The Shofar. The reason why no one talks about the Shofar is because it fucking sucks. We got the guitar now. Got the trumpet. (laughs) Got other things. No one gives a shit about that thing because it sucks because you had to deal with that back then because it was hard to make the same instrument over and over again. But now we've had the Industrial Revolution so we can fucking forget it. I mean, Trump is right in the name trumpet. You'd think they'd switch over to that. Yeah, you think they switched to the trumpet. That makes more sense to me. So the qualified success at the very end of the movie, this is really important, is that people blew the horn. She just goes, well, apparently people in Israel are blowing some horn because of some crazy American lady. And they're like, <laughs> and then it's credits. And it's like, wait, was that the point of the movie? Because I thought it was about a fire and a prophecy and a book. No, no. Mark Taylor has exited the film by then. <laughs> None of it mattered. It was all about people blowing a fucking horn. what really that's what we were here for steve we forgot to we forgot to label these films as uh, as atrocity or curiosity that's true well i would say they're both atrocities in my yeah that's uh, correct you know opinion yeah they're definitely both atrocities neither one of these should be watched by anyone fucking burn both these movies uh colin thank you for voting for me because that makes you right and and that's good it's good to be right i'm not gonna fight too hard on this one not what no. am I going to sit here and <laughs> no, defend that Trump prophecy? No, not really. <laughs> I'd, I'd it's like impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible it really because is. everyone that's even involved remotely, uh, like, it's so fucked up. None of them will admit what Trump stands for. Not one policy is ever mentioned. Not one. They don't even let, they don't even let Trump in the fucking movie. He's in there for like five seconds. And he'd be like, oh, yes, very great. <laughs> they, they tune him out. And then Love everyone else like, guy. hey. You gotta, like, they won't even acknowledge who this person is. Oh, one other side note uh, to wrap is that we had, uh, we had uh, formatted this in such a way that the, you could call it a special episode because, uh, believe it or not, both of these films are uh, uh, over four star rating on Amazon. <laughs> I know, I fucking saw that. They have friends. That's all. Yeah, so, so I, I had uh, posited that we call this episode Amazon's Choice and perhaps look into doing a uh, similar. Uh, venture in the future as well and limit ourselves to movies with as such exceptional reviews as as these two that we covered today really a couple of of special singular four-star movies that's that's great stuff i like that amazon's choice all right guys well if you are listening to this podcast right now do us a big favor uh there is a link to our itunes page click that fucking link right now what are you doing just click the damn link this should take you to our iTunes page right there. You can give us a star rating. How about that? Go ahead and give us five stars. We would like that very much. And then what you can do is you can take the next step, the most important step of your life, and you can fulfill the caustic content prophecy. And the way that you do that is you click write a review. All right, this is important. Five stars, give us a written review. It helps our iTunes visibility. And the more visible we are, the more people can find us, the more people can find us, the more shit we can do for you, dear listener. Also, if you want to support Optimism Vaccine, we have a Patreon. That's right. There's a link to that Patreon also in the description of this podcast. Uh, Even if you only got a couple bucks to throw us, please, it helps out a ton. This shit is fucking expensive. Podcasting ain't cheap. Give us money, please. Uh, Other than that, if you have any questions, comments, uh, optimismvaccine at gmail.com is the place to send those. Or you can tweet at us at Optimism Vaccine. Uh, Myros is not on the internet, so don't look for him. Colin, anything you want to plug? Anything you want to put over? Yeah, you can uh, find me on Twitter, at Dr. Cryachop. That's at Dr. Cryachop. You can also find me on Instagram, at Dr. Cryachop. That's at Dr. Karate Chop. I am not the one on Reddit who really likes hentai. I don't know who he is. 
but he has my name that I use for pretty much everything, and he loves hentai. And I don't mean like the kind where it's just like cartoons fucking, it's like the really fucked up uh, cartoons fucking kind of hentai. So uh, if you're going to look me up, uh, don't click on Reddit. <laughs> Let's just end on that. That's fine. Okay, great. <laughs> All right, thanks for being on, Con. Appreciate it, man.